0: You are listening to Joe Radio Live, a positive and motivational podcast. Thank you for listening and do enjoy the following episode. It's time to enter into the presence of God with wonderful worship, right here on Joe Radio Live.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you tonight, Lord. My God is faithful, my God is truthful, my God is boundless in all He is. My God is wisdom, my God is righteous, my God is vision for all who see. So I will worship you in the beauty of holiness, and I will worship you for the things you've done in me. And when my life's complete, I'll place my crown at your feet, and I will worship you on the My God is glory, Lord, you the ruler over all that is. My God is timeless. My God is justice. My God is mercy, mercy, mercy to Thee, O grace. Yeah.
0: Good day people, we are back pumping again with another great and awesome Joe Radio Live program New listeners, special welcome to you, I'm your boy JC Vibes In case you're wondering what Joe Radio Live is all about First time you're tuning in, we are a positive and motivational podcast Just giving you that extra pep, you know Positive and motivational content coming to you to just impact your life, impact your life impact your life so that you could go out and impact somebody else's life as you go out on your way today you know find somebody find somebody to inspire find somebody to motivate find somebody to positively impact their life even if it's just to put a smile on their face even if it's just to you know crack a joke and make them smile you never know what you can do for that person by making them smile you don't know what they might be going through and you know you might say something it might be a word it might be a sentence it might be a phrase it might be a 5 minute conversation you never know how you can impact somebody's life how you could probably even save that person's life there are many many people walking around hurting hurting just on the verge of going over just on the verge of going over that emotional cliff and you could be the person to say something to just you know just watch them and smile and, and 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 it will it will tell them that you know what somebody cares this person cares enough to 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 just give my passing smile a passing nod you know a pleasant word you never know do it people we are our brother's Keep up. let's help each other and we don't have to do much a simple thing like that could do plenty for somebody all right so we're getting into today's program all right your hit your scripture is coming up in a short short all right let's uh let's see what is your hit your scripture today give me one second all right so your hit your scripture today is taken from matthew chapter 13 verse 57 and it says A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. I'll say it again. A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and in his own house. And that was Matthew chapter 13, verse 57. That was your hit your scripture for today. Alright, so we're getting ready to get into your feature message for today and this episode is entitled living with the threat of failure living with the threat of failure all right so get ready for that we are going to that right now Romans
2: 3 verses 3 and 4 and also the Exodus chapter number 14 hope we got some dreamers here today Last week I preached, you don't have to believe in my dream. Amen. It's our custom to stand for the reading of the word. If you're not crippled, incapacitated, or uncomfortable, stand. You might see people standing after this, but if they do that, that's just them. This one's on me. The next one's on you. <laughs> All right. Exodus chapter 14. We're going to read Exodus 14. Uh, verses 10 through 16 and uh, we're going to read Romans 3 and uh, th- verse 3, chapter 3 and also the fourth verse. I want to do Romans first if you don't mind. Romans chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. Thank you, Lord. We learned last week that you don't have to believe in our dream. We learned the responsibility that we have to believe in the dreams that God gave us. I think that's an important thing for you to understand. This week we're going to talk a little bit about the atmosphere around a dreamer, what it what it costs you to be who you are. And uh, I'm going to give you my subject in just a moment. But I believe that there are many of you that have dreams on the inside and you're going through adversity and you think something's wrong. Uh, hopefully when this message is over today, you will know that you're on track and and that there is in fact nothing at all wrong, but that's a part of the process to unlock what God has down inside of you. Uh, I'm not preaching to make you shout, and I'm not preaching to make a name for myself. I'm, I'm preaching, in fact, I'm going to be teaching more that you begin to understand where you are in God's plan and God's calendar and where you need to be to get what God has for you. Amen? Romans 3, verse 3 and 4, when you have it, say, Amen. Amen. Let's read those two verses together. For what if some did not believe? here and I'm gonna elaborate it on elaborate on it a little bit more God forbid it says in verse four "Yea, let God be true let God be true but every man a liar I want you to think along the lines of how can we let God be true okay when God is just true how do we Either either he's just saying something to be saying it, uh, or, or there's a the revelation in what he's saying, or he means literally that we have the power to make God be true, and we know that we can't make God be true because we can't make God to be a lie, we can't make God to be true. He either is or he isn't. But he doesn't say that we make him. He said, let God be true. How can we let God be true in our lives? What is, if it's just a saying, is it a slogan or doesn't have meaning? And we're going to talk about that today. But before we do, let's go to Exodus. Exodus. Are you ready to be blessed today? Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm ready for you. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 10 through 16, you follow with your eyes, I'm going to read for you. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? Didn't we tell you before we got started saying leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? Leave us in our slavery. Isn't that amazing? That's just like you're, somebody to, like you're trying to break somebody out of prison and they don't want to go. You, you're trying to get somebody well and they don't want to recover. You're trying to raise somebody to the next level and they don't want to do it. Now, now even these people are totally retarded. Okay, hooked on self-abuse or else in their remarks is a revelation that change is difficult and sometimes it costs you so much to change that we give up on our dream for the convenience of not having to go through the threat of fear and failure. It is not easy to get where you're trying to go in the kingdom. And sometimes people fight you when you're trying to push them forward because they're intimidated by their dream and the environment that it puts them in to get. Everybody wants to go through the promised land, but nobody wants to go through the wilderness. When in fact, the only way to get to the promised land is to go through the wilderness. And yet the fear of what might happen between where you are and where you're going causes many people to regret ever getting started and to long for the normalcy of slavery. What makes a battered wife stay with an abusive husband? What makes a person afraid to go back to school though they need to go back to school to get to the level of jobs or income that they need? What makes people become satisfied to be in a hellish situation? It is the fear of failure. They said, you should have left us in Egypt because at least we were safe. You may have to give up your safety to get to your solution. I'm on the up. I'm on the up. Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Moses, why did you bring us out here? We might fail. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show you someday. Oh, excuse me. Let me see. Let me get my glasses. Uh, 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 The the, the salvation of the Lord. Oh, y'all are watching. Which he shall show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today ye shall see them again. (laughs) Oh, I can not hardly read that. That makes goose pimples run down my backbone. The Egyptians that you shall see today, you shall see them again no more forever. It's almost like it wasn't enough to say no more. He had to come back and say forever. Now, no more meant forever, but he just wants you to get the full impact that what you're going through right now, you will never, ever have to go through that. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. And then he gets happy and starts testifying and says, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall shut your mouth. That's, that's the T.D. Jakes translation. <laughs> Ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore cries thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they may go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Can you say amen? amen. While you're standing, I'm going to invite you to pray. I'm going to be talking to you today about living with the threat of failure. Living with the threat of failure. If you can receive this message, if you can embrace this message, you won't have to go back to Egypt and live the rest of your life in slavery. Slavery to anything, sin, bondage, defeat, Poverty, sickness, abuse, trauma, low self-esteem, intimidation, fear, mediocrity, anything that holds you back, you don't have to go back to it if you can live with the threat of failure. The way that the Lord is going to take you out is not going to be a comfortable way. It is a perilous way, and if you can walk through a perilous situation, With the fear of failure and still keep moving forward, somebody say forward, Forward. God's going to do some great things in your life. I I want to pray for you today because I brought you a word from the Lord that if you receive it, it's getting ready to rock your world, squirrel. It's getting ready to rock your very world, squirrel. God's got something for you that is mind-boggling. Are you ready for this? Can you handle it? Glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the privilege of preaching this word today. Let the word be made flesh while it's being shared tonight. Bind every devil and foul spirit that would hinder the word from having preeminence in this place. Speak revelation, Lord. Speak healing and restoration. I thank you for what you're about to do right now in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I only got four points. I may only get through two of them. But I only get, you know how that is. You're used to me now. (laughs) But I want to talk to you about living with the threat of failure. There are some points that you need to understand. When the Apostle Paul says, let God be true and every man a liar, you must understand that God has spoken some things over your life that must come to pass. And as they come to pass, you prove the truth of God in your life. That the word that's been spoken out unto you has to be made flesh in you. That there's a prophecy spoken over your life. There are certain things that God's going to do in your lifespan. And every time you manifest one of those things in your life, you let God be true. As you let God be true, because you have to let God be true in your life. God is true anyway, but you have to let God be true in your life. You have to give God permission to act out His will in your life. I'm preaching right now. You have to give God permission to act out His will in your life. As you let God be true in your life, you do it understanding that there are always going to be other voices that are lying against what God has spoken in your life. You have to make up your mind, are you going to live out what your enemies say about you? Or are you going to live out what God has spoken over your life? Let God be true and every man a liar. When we start talking about the promised land, everybody wants to go. It was not a hard message for Moses to go down there and gather up a million and a half slaves and tell them about a land that flows with milk and honey. And he says, does anybody want any milk and honey? You don't have to worry about anything. He said, the grapes are huge. The land flows with milk and honey. You'll have your own house. You'll own your own city. You'll be able to worship God however you want to. Does anybody want to go? Everybody said yes. And then they started going. And they found out that you cannot zap yourself from slavery to success. That the road from slavery to success is a process. Here lies the problem. The process is uncomfortable. And all along the way to attaining your dream will always be the fear of failure. And if you don't learn how to live with it, you will go back to slavery because it's safe. You will give up on your dream because it's safe. You will go back into your little community and hang out with your little cousins because it's safe. No contradiction, no conflict, no chaos, no confusion. Now they like you again. Now you fit. You don't make them uncomfortable. Now you're a nice person again. You're not challenged in any way. You don't need anything. You're now dependent on somebody to give you some straw so you can make some bricks, so you can do what they want you to do. You don't have to think. You're just a beast of burden. It takes courage to move out. It takes courage. I mean real courage. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying because I swear unto you it's the truth. It takes real courage to move out and all along the way you are haunted by the ghost and the threatening voices of you might fail. You might fail. What makes a a, a bridegroom on the night before the wedding get fearful and have second thoughts? You might fail. What makes a bride get the jitters and call her mother in tears and say, "We maybe we should call the wedding off? You might fail. What makes a mother produce a baby and then spend the first two or three weeks after childbirth in tears and depression? Am I a good mother? Can I handle this? Can I do that? What makes her burst into tears is you might fail. What makes a person get on a new job and be nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs? You might fail. What makes a person open up a business and get scared to death when you got the business and the loan goes through and you open up the company and you're walking around there with tears in your eyes, you're terrified? You might fail. And until you learn how to live with that fear of failure, you will never progress. And that fear does not leave easily. It does not leave easily for all of you who are waiting on it to let up off of you so you can go ahead. You will waste your life waiting on the conditions to be right for you to do what God put in your spirit to do. I'm not sure you can handle this today. I'm not sure you're ready for this. And I don't want to talk to anybody that doesn't have a dream because you will not understand where I'm coming from. I don't need to talk to slaves because I didn't bring no straw and I'm not interested in no bricks. So all of you that want to stay on the plantation, exit now. Because I'm getting ready to lead a revolution for a few radical people who are ready to go to the next level of what God has for them to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The first thing I want to tell you is four points. Point number one is you're going to need some real communication. Real communication. I mean, definite communication. I, uh, this, this is very, very important. And when I start talking about communication, I'm not talking about communicating to your husband. I'm not talking about communicating with your wife. I'm not talking about communicating with your kids. I'm not talking about hobnobbing with the rich and famous. That's not the communication that I'm really talking about. All that may or may not be something you want to do. But I'm talking about communication with God. You're going to need some real communication with God, and it takes a while of listening at God talk to purge out the stinking thinking that you have collected in your life that would subvert the plan of God in your life. You have to hear what God thinks about you more than once for you to really embrace what he said. I mean, you can say amen and you can shout about it, but for it to work through your system to the point that God's word about you becomes your word about you, it takes a little while for you to get there. Because what God says about you is so shocking that you think, you must not know me. And you don't want to say that to God, because God knows everything, but God talks like he doesn't know what you know to be a fact about you. God disregards it. The woman's caught in the act of adultery, and he says, woman, where are your accusers? She says, I have none, Lord. He says, neither do I condemn you. The first, first thing he say you don't condemn me. Do you know? Do you know what I did? He said, I don't condemn you. That many condoned it either. But he didn't condemn you. He didn't say he didn't condemn it. When you can, people will condemn you with one mistake, they will condemn you with a death sentence the rest of your life, they will limit your potential based on one thing. God has the way of looking beyond the mistake on over into your destiny and says, I've still got something for you to do. That's why God gives you a dream in the first place. A dream is God telling you how your story ends. He will give you a dream and then take you all the way back to the beginning and say, now work your way up to what I showed you. And the closer you get to it, the more you pull up to it, the more you're letting God be true and every man a liar. I'm going to show you something. Go to the book of Jeremiah for a minute, if you would. Jeremiah 29 and 11. I want you to make it your business to know this scripture. Get it in your head, in your spirit, in your guts, in your mind, and in your heart. Jeremiah 29 and 11. This is all about communication. This is mind-blowing. This is getting ready to rock your world, squirrel. Are you ready? Then you have to say Amen. He says, for I know that the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God said, I know what I'm thinking about you. I'm not thinking no evil. I'm not planning your demise. I'm not trying to destroy you. If I wanted to kill you, you'd already be dead. He said, my thoughts toward you are thoughts of peace and not evil. That you might have an expected end. He said, I'm thinking up ways to help you get to where I showed you I was going to take you. Good God. Can anybody hear me? God says if you're getting evil thoughts and negative thoughts, He says they're not coming from me. Because God said, I checked out everything I'm thinking about you are thoughts of peace that you might haven't expected in. Everything in my mind is to help you be blessed. That's what God said about you. But if you don't start talking to God more than you're talking to Helen, Mary, and Susie Bell, You will never begin to manifest the thoughts of God in your life and you will end up manifesting the thoughts of the people you talk to in your life because you don't understand what God is saying. Read a little bit more of this because I want you to get, the, I know that the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me. We need to communicate. He said, I want to hear from you and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. Ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. He said, I want to see you just grappling to have a communication with me, just wrestling to talk with me so you can find out what I have in mind. For you, because I had something in mind when I created you. I had something in mind when I formed you. I had something in mind when I blessed you. I had something in mind when I sustained you. And you can't get this in a bottle, and you can't get this in a bag, and you can't get this from a boyfriend, and you can't get this from a job. He says you got to get in my face and find out what I had in mind for you. I had something in mind. My God, do you hear what I'm saying? God has something in mind for you, and if you don't communicate with him you'll never know what it is as soon as you find out what it is he had for mind for you every time you begin to manifest what God had in mind for you you are letting God be true I'm gonna hook all of it up before I sit down you are letting God be true and in the midst of letting God be true you have to be prepared to let every man be a liar are you hearing what I'm saying so when we begin to communicate with God we begin to communicate with God because God has the master plan I preached years ago a message called puppet master I may preach it again one of these days this been about 15 years since I preached puppet master but it was it was a crazy message dealing with how God is the puppet master and how he controls everything off stage and he's got a string on every issue in your life and when he pulls strings everything begins to move for you because he is the puppet master he he has the schematics for the stage he knows all the props he knows when to move it and how to move it to bless you God has purpose to bless you note when God says no weapon formed against you shall prosper he's not just saying that to encourage He has purpose to bless you. It is not in God's mind to curse you. When Moses went down there and preached to the children of Israel, he was preaching the mind of the Lord. He said, hey, your slavery is over. God has already decreed to Abraham that you would be in slavery for 400 years. He said, time is up. It's time for you to get out of your condition. You don't hear what I'm saying. It is time for you to get up out of your condition. It is time for you to get up out of your condition condition and as soon as you refuse to let your circumstances intimidate you God will bring you out but he's gonna bring you out through trouble through chaos through controversy through confusion and you can't let the fear stop you somebody holler talk to me Jesus that's why coming to church is not an option for me I don't come to church because it's Sunday I don't come to church because I feel like coming to church I don't come to church because my neighbors are coming to church I don't come to church because there's pretty women in the church I come to church so I can get the Word of God tell me who I am tell me what I can do tell me what I can be tell me what I can have my soul needs food my soul needs to be fed. my spirit needs to be increased when I hear God talking to me it changes my way of thinking it redirects my attitude it
3: focuses my mind it gives me power in my spirit
2: Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Where are my dreamers at? (laughs) Dreamers touch them and tell them I need to be here. My dream needs to be fed. My dream needs to be fed. My dream needs to be fed. My hope needs to be fed. My purpose needs to be fed. I need to be here. I'll come through traffic. I'll come tired. I'll come sleepy. I'll come weak. I'll come evil. I'll come frustrated.
3: I still gotta be here. I need this word. It helps me think right. It helps me feel right. It helps me move right. It gets me together. It counsels me. It challenges me. It empowers me. I've got to have the word. I gotta have a great choir. I don't have to have great ushers, but I gotta have great words. You got to get me somewhere up in you.
2: Am I helping anybody? I feel you. 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 My God, I feel the glory of the Lord in this place right now. Communication with God helps me because it brings me to point number two there's going to be conflict. There will be no promised land without conflict. Stop thinking something is wrong because there's conflict. There's supposed to be conflict. If it was easy, anybody could do it. God doesn't have any easy assignments. Every assignment God will give you will always be something that you can't do without him. I don't know whether he wants job security or what it is, but God will never give you a dream that you you can accomplish without him. And he will put you right in the middle of conflict. Moses is just getting started. He's barely left Egypt, and all hell breaks loose. The enemy doesn't carry anything as long as he's got you in bondage, as long as you're enslaved, as long as you're saying, Yossah, so boss, sir so mister, sir so here I come. No, I'm not going to try too much. No, I'm not going to get up on my feet. No, I'm not going to obey the Lord. No, I'm not going to do anything that might rock the boat. The devil doesn't bother you. But the moment you get 10 yards outside of where he said you can go. All of a sudden there was great conflict. And they heard Pharaoh coming behind them. Now, it's it's one thing for anybody to chase you, a stranger to chase you. Anybody you don't know that chases you, a shadow moving behind you when you're walking down the street will make you nervous. But when you know the fellow that's chasing you and you know how nasty he is and he used to own you and dominate you, it is horrifying anytime you feel your past coming after you. They were no match for Pharaoh. Pharaoh had 600 chosen chariots. He didn't send his raggedy chariots. He sent his best stuff after them. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but the enemy, the enemy has sent his best stuff after you. It hadn't been no broke down chariots, no chariots on crutches. He didn't send no sick soldiers after you. He didn't send no weak demons after you. He picked out his best stuff after you. He's afraid you're going to escape. Six. Chosen chariots with strong horses, great equipment, strong swords, bows and arrows, cannons, flaming arrows, everything ready to attack. And here they are, a million and a half women and children, old men and babies walking out in the field, a bunch of tired, broke down farmers who hadn't been fed right in 400 years. No match. And they got out there and they heard the hoof prints of the Pharaoh coming behind them they were surrounded by mountains of Red Seas in front of them and they got mad at Moses for making them believe something that now becomes difficult to manage we told you you should have left us in Egypt now you've gotten us in conflict you've gotten us in trouble You've gotten us upset. We're facing risk. Life is a risk. Every day is a threat. Our country is going through a threat. Terrorist attack everywhere. But if you're spiritual, it's not new. Terrorism is not new. I've been dealing with a terrorist ever since I got saved. All of my saved life has been a devil terrorizing me. Talking about I'll never let you have any peace. I'll never let you go. I'll always come after you. I'll get you back. I've lived with terrorists
3: all my life.
2: September 10th, Attorney General John Ashcroft made an announcement, said uh, uh we're, we're raising the threat level to orange, which is next to the highest level of threat possible. He said we're raising the threat level to orange. Now seeing the time that the whole nation would have shut down, would have shut completely down, nobody going anywhere. But you know what? Everybody said, well, you know what? Homie got to go to work, don't you know? <laughs> Helen say the baby needs some milk, don't you know? Me and
3: sister was planning our vacation, don't you know? I got two days off and I already got my ribs and my grill. I'm gonna be cooking up in here, don't you know? If they blow me up, I'm gonna die with barbecue sauce on my lips cause I got to keep on moving, baby.
2: You know what we're learning? We're learning how to live with the threat of failure. I didn't ask you to live with failure. You don't have to live with failure. You don't have to live with mediocrity. You don't have to live with poverty, but you do have to live with the threat of it. The threat broke out. Pharaoh hadn't done one thing to them, just threatened them. And all of a sudden, he said, take me back to your That's it. That's it. Take me back to Egypt. That's it. Do you know we could get killed? Do you know we could lose everything? Do you know you could have a divorce? Do you know you could have cancer? Do you know you could lose your mind? Do you know? Maybe he doesn't talk to y'all like that. Let me talk to y'all. Does
3: he ever threaten you? Does he threaten you? Does he always show you what could happen next? One thing lead to another child. You keep on going. You're going to be out there with absolutely nothing.
2: Touch me people and say, live with it.
3: If they shoot anthrax, get some antibiotics. If they shoot gas, get you a mask. You gotta do what you gotta do, but you gotta keep on getting up. You gotta go ahead with your life. You can't stop living over anything.
2: So a decision is required in the life of every person in here. Either you live with the threat of failure or you go back to being a slave. God says in Exodus, Moses, take the people forward. I don't want anybody to lead me back. I don't want to be led back I don't want to go back I don't want to drift back I don't want to slide back I didn't come this far and live this long to go back to anything that God brought me out of I want to go One of the things that I'm trying to get you to understand, and this is something I wish somebody would help me to understand, it would have made things a lot easier. It's not really what you go through that matters, it's how you feel about what you go through that matters. And so when you're going through, have you ever noticed when you're going someplace that you've never been before, it seems like it takes you a long time to get there? And it's because it's you're, you're threatened with the fear of getting lost, and you're driving uncertain, and it seems like it takes you a long time. Because you don't know whether you're doing it right or not. When God starts calling you into your destiny, you don't know whether you're doing it right or not. And you're you're just going for lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my,
3: lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my, lions, tigers, and bears. But keep on going forward, baby. Just keep on. Go right on past the lions, right on past the tiger, right on past the bear. Keep on going forward.
2: And if somebody doesn't tell you this, when you run into conflict, you'll think you're on the wrong road. My perfect illustration is you take a pregnant woman who calls the doctor and says, Doctor, there's something wrong with me. He says, well, what's wrong? She says, well, well I'm pregnant and I'm experiencing some, some problems. He says, what's the problem? She said, well, I'm, I'm busting out all my clothes. I, I can't wear none of my stuff. Nothing's fitting. I just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and I've been getting sick every morning just throwing up just everything. Nothing stays on my stomach. The smell of food just makes me throw Doctor, my ankles are swelling and I got a mask on my face and and, and, and can you give me anything? He said, not a thing. All of that goes along with being pregnant. Well, baby, when you're pregnant with a dream, there are certain I'm telling you what I know, there are certain elements that go along with being a dreamer. People are supposed to talk about you. They're supposed to hate you. You're supposed to get in tight places. It's supposed to be controversy. You're supposed to have first one thing and then another. All of that is just roadmaps. Go down to Whitney's and turn left. Go up
3: five blocks to Gomart and turn right. Whenever you see these things, you know you're on the right road. Whenever you see all the hell breaking loose in your life, it's a sign you're on the right road. Just keep on going. <laughs> Flop somebody and say, go forward!
2: I'm trying to get you to the point that you stop allowing the threats of life to drive you backwards. It is a control mechanism to make you stop living. Everybody lives with threats. Everybody has fears and anxieties. Some people are afraid to fly. Some people are afraid to eat certain foods. Some people are afraid to try certain things. Things that other people do normally, some people are afraid of. What do you do when your promise is on the other side of something that you're afraid of? See, I, I'll tell you right now, I, I'm scared of heights. I'm scared of heights. And, and don't misunderstand me. I mean, I fly all the time. I go up in the air all the time. That doesn't bother me. But but to go up on something that's shaking and then have walls around it, it bothers me. And I normally don't do it. I normally don't do it. But I have been on the roof of this building over here. Because when we bought it, I wanted to see what was up there. Now, it took me a little longer to get up the ladder than it did the other guys. But the driving force to get up there is because God had given me the building and I refuse to allow my fear to stop me from inspecting everything that God... I've been all up in here. I've been all up in the crawl spaces. I've been all up on the top. I went up there because I wanted to see. When God has given you something, you can't let your fear stop you from going up there to get what God has for you. It might take you longer to get there, but confront your fear you have to learn how to live with the threat of failure. Am I helping anybody today? Tell somebody and say, the bishop is talking to me this morning. The most interesting thing is when God turns to Moses and he says, Moses, are you tripping or what? Why have you stopped moving forward because of what, what he said and she says? What did I say? What did I say? Didn't I tell you that I had anointed you to lead my people out of Egypt? Didn't I tell you that I would be with you? Didn't I equip you and anoint you to go ahead? Why are you stopping because of what he said and she said? What did I say? Why stand ye here gazing at me? He says, speak to this people. What is that in your hand? This brings me to point number three. God says, Moses, it's not Pharaoh that's stopping you. And it's not the unbelief of the people around you that's stopping you. He said, you need to coordinate what you see with your eye with what you have in your hand. This is a profound point. It's not enough to have a vision if you don't coordinate what's in your hand with your vision. Faith without works is dead being alone. They're trying to teach me how, how to play basketball, which is futile. But they were trying to teach me how to play. I'm sorry, I'm almost six foot three, and I'm still sorry. You don't want me on your team. I'm sorry, I'm taking them right now. I'm sorry. But I did understand this. That I had to get some coordination between what was in my hand and what I saw with my eye. If I didn't get coordination where my hand was lining up with what I saw with my eye, I was going to miss every time. Coordination is when you line up what's in your hand with what you see in your spirit. It took me to the golf course. I got me a nice set of golf clubs. Might win that million dollars. I could use a million dollars up in here. I see y'all didn't clap when they said nothing about the million dollar because you're too spiritual. And I understand that. I admire that. But old Papa Dad I would go for it. Problem is I have to line up what my hand is doing with what my eye sees. If I can't get any agreement between this and this, I'm not going to be successful. The real battle is not between what others say around you. It is coordinating your hand movement with your eye vision. What do you see? And what is your hand doing to demonstrate what you see? When Moses has a problem going forward, the first thing God asked him is, what is that in your hand? He said, I can't see your future in the way you're handling your hand. A little to the right. You're not going to get it the first time. Look at somebody and say, do it again. Coordination is something you have to practice. Coordination is something you have to practice. Coordination is something you have to practice. God says, what is that in your hand? Until you get your hand moving in the direction of your vision, you will never go forward ought to be able to look at your hand and tell what your eye sees. You can't have your eye over here and your efforts over there. Lining it all up. Write this down. Line it up. Line up your hand with your eye. God says, what is that in your hand? Your hand. I told you last week, if you were here last week, that you ought to really pick up on this point. I told you that God will never use somebody else's talent to take you where he's trying to take you. He said... he didn't say Moses wasn't Aaron's hand. Moses was in Joshua's hand. Moses was in your sister's hand. Moses what is that in your hand? That ought to lead you to something. first of all, you need to know you got something in your hand. You got something in your hand. Your miracle is in your hand. It's in your hand! It's in your hand! It's in your hand! Your destiny is in your hand! Good God!! Your destiny is in your hand. Your prophecy is in your hand!! the power to do whatever it is God gave you to do, it's in your hand. Stop wishing you were somebody else. Stop wishing you could start your life over. Stop wishing you had skills that you don't have. You got everything you need for what God created you to do. It is in your hand look at your hand right there right there right in your hand there's something that you can do that's uniquely different from what anybody else can do and god will bless what is in your hand marry the man who falls in love with what you got in your hand marry the woman who falls in love with what you got in your hand don't marry somebody who falls in love with something that you can't do See, one of the great challenges in ministry is what the enemy will try to do through the circumstances of life is to make you lose confidence with what you have in your hand. He, he tries to beat you down to the point that you feel like what you have in your hand is not effective. And so he lets you have many failed attempts and many challenges until you lose confidence in yourself because God needs what's in your hand in order to bless you. And after a while, you're standing there and you got something in your hand that God could use, but you don't have the confidence in what's in your hand to use what God gave you. And you're standing up there praying and you're looking at God and God's saying, Why are you looking at me? What is that in your hand? Why are you waiting on me to do something when I've already done something? I've given you everything you need. What is that in your hand? Moses said, it's a rod. He said, "Uh uh-huh. He said, stretch it forth. Now the red Sea's in front of him. The Pharaoh's coming behind him. He's got obstacles all around him. When Moses got ready to stretch forth the rod, do you think he stretched it forth over here and he's trying to go over here? You think he stretched it forth back here? No. He stretched it in the direction he was going. Coordination. Hand and eye in total agreement. Stretch, stretch. I want to tell somebody, for what God wants to do in your life, is going to be a stretch. Have you ever been working in a warehouse or uh, cleaning out the garage or working in the kitchen or someplace and you, you, you saw something up there and you, you, you had to, you had to reach to get it and you almost was there. And have you ever done like this to get something and you had to get up on your toes and you had to stretch and, and you really couldn't reach it, but if you stretched, you could. There are some things that God has for you that the only way you can reach it is to stretch. Whoever I'm preaching to this morning, it's going to be a stretch. It's going to be a stretch. My God, it hurts to stretch. You feel like you're gonna pull something when you stretch. And, and if you're really radical, I don't know what it is about doing this, but it seems like it kinda of helps me to get an extra little centimeter. Sometimes you have to wiggle for it and pull for it and bounce and leap for it. That, that's the way the promise of God, God said stretch forth what is in your hand. And when when Moses got that coordination going between what he saw with his eye and what he did with his hand, stuff started moving. It started moving. It started moving. Because The man of God had some coordination. Have you got any coordination? Have you got any coordination? I want you to start checking between your hand and your eye. Don't worry about the argument going on around you. You have to watch the argument going on inside of you. If that old hand and that eye start arguing, you'll never see things move. You have to stretch. It's going to be a stretch. But that doesn't mean that God won't do it for you. It's a stretch, but God's going to do it for you. It seems impossible, but God will perform it. As you stretch, don't worry about who doesn't believe it. So what if some don't believe? Does that make the word of God of no effect? But God, God, I don't have support from the people around me. I understand it. Well, God, I got the enemy coming up behind me. I understand it. God, I got the Red Sea in front of me. He said, I understand all that. Stretch. It was a stretch for Eli Whitney to think that he could build a cotton gin. Nobody had ever done it before. It was a stretch. People thought he was ridiculous. They thought he lost his mind. It was a stretch for Christopher Columbus to believe that he wasn't going to sail off of the earth because everybody said that the earth was flat. He talked like a fool to think that the earth wasn't flat. You got to be willing to dream like a fool. I told you, you got to have a crazy radical dream. You got to be willing to be controversial and have all the great minds say you've lost your mind. And later on, the history books will define that you've been with God, but you have to go through a period where everybody thinks you have lost your ever loving mind. Everybody thought Alexander Graham Bell was a fool when he thought that there was another method of communication other than a telegram, that he thought that he could take a can and a wire and another can and put it together and establish communication in people that were two different places. They thought he was a fool. Not now, but he had to stretch in order to be able to do it. People may think you're a fool, but if God gives you a vision, you got to stretch. If you stretch yourself, God will give you something crazy and ridiculous. Mr. Harlan Sanders, everybody thought he was a fool. He'd run out of Social Security. He'd spent all of his money and he decided at the end of a whim, on, uh, lost everything, bankrupt, in total disarray, decided he' going to start frying chicken. Sound like a fool, didn't it? Kentucky Fried Chicken. Don't sound like a fool now, does it? Dave Thomas didn't even graduate from high school. Working up under him, just somebody on his staff decides he's going to break off and start a business. No business degree, no SBA loan, no money behind it, never done it before. And all of a sudden, he started building and building and building and named the hamburger after his daughter, Wendy's. Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, women who made up in their mind that they were going to lead revolutions. People were being killed. They were being hung. They were being destroyed. And all of a sudden they said, we're going to establish an underground railroad and we're going to lead people out. Sounded ridiculous. Sounded stupid. What can two poor black women do in the middle of slavery in Christ? You can do anything if you believe you can do it. You can, y'all don't hear. Y'all don't hear. Y'all don't hear. Y'all, 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 y'all don't hear. Y'all don't understand what I'm trying to tell you. got to get some court nation going baby radical people do radical things when they get coordination and they believe they can do it Test three people and say I believe I can I believe I can I believe I can You don't have to believe it. I believe I can. You don't have to understand it. I believe I can. You don't have to help me do it. I believe I can. I don't believe I'll die today. I just don't believe I will. I don't believe I'll die today. I don't believe I'll let this stuff kill me. I hear the hoof prints behind me, but I will not be dying today. It's not on my schedule.
3: It's not on my itinerary. I got places to go and people to see. I got to do some stuff that hadn't been done before. I got to go some places that people haven't gone before. I got to go. I don't know how I'm going to go. I don't know who's going to be with me when I get there, but I know.
2: Oh, you don't hear me. You don't hear me. When Moses began to stretch, stuff started moving, and all of a sudden, For the first time in the history of the Red Sea, there was a footprint in the bottom of it. Moses starts stepping down in there, and the whole world starts saying, this has never been done before. God will lead you some places where you have to be the first one to put the first print where it never been before. You're not always able to walk in somebody else's prints. Sometimes God said, I will do a new thing in you. Hallelujah, I'll make you the head and
3: not the tail. Other people will follow behind you, but I call you to go first. You shall be the first. Not the last uh, above and not, oh, excuse me, but I feel like having some church this morning. I'm ready to put my foot down someplace new, do something fresh.
2: They went down in the water. Most, theologians say a million and a half people went down where nobody had ever gone before. Walk through things. Nobody would ever walked through before. Footprints, their babies did new things. Hallelujah. Little baby prints going to new dimensions. You're not too young, and you're never too old. Just keep on going forward, baby. Keep on going forward. Every day you wake up in the morning, say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Keep on going forward. You're not too young, you're not too old. You're not too male. You're not too female. You're not too black. You're not too white. You're not too brown. You're just right. Just right for God to do something new. Just right for God to do something
3: fresh. Just right for God to give you a testimony. Who am I preaching to? I wish I knew!
2: All of a sudden, they got down in the Red Sea and they came through it. Good God. Y'all missed that. That was the greatest point in the whole sermon. And they came through it. <laughs> and they came through it. See, you don't understand why I'm shouting about that if you haven't been through anything. But when I heard that and they came through
3: it, I had to stop and praise the Lord, because this too shall pass. Whatever you're dealing with now, you just got to come through it. You just got to come through it. I don't know how long, but you got to come through it. I don't know how wide, but you got to come through it. Yeah, Oh, woo! Y'all better get me out of here because I'm about to feel like preaching it. If I start feeling like preaching it, it's going to be trouble up in here. Slap somebody and say, come through it. Come through it. I don't care if it's hell. I don't care if it's high water. Come through it. Come through it. Ah!" Yeah, 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 yeah. Touch a neighbor and tell him, I'm going to come through it. I'm going to come through it. If I have to come through on boards, if I have to come through on crutches, if I have to come through on a stretcher, if I have to come through in a wheelchair, I'm going to come through it. I will not die here. My Lord, my me, I will survive.
2: To you a little bit and so mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's how we used to do it where I came from mm-hmm,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah.
2: I don't care how you come through it you just gotta come do it if you have to encourage yourself come through it if you have to lay hands on your own head come through it if you have to
3: sing to yourself come through it if you gotta preach to yourself whatever it takes whatever
2: I'm gonna come through this. I look at all you folks, fell in love, the person you fell in love left you, and you about to lose your mind? You crazy. If they're not losing their mind, why are you gonna lose yours?
3: If you can make it without me, guess what? <laughs>
2: I oh, oh, I've been thinking, oh, I can't make it without you. Then I might say, Oh, yeah, me too. I can't make it without you. And they, I miss you. I say, oh, I miss you. But when they have walked off and they're having a party and you're sitting at home
3: in a six year state of depression, the devil is alive. Somebody say, yes!
2: anyway, In my conclusion, I got to give you number four. Because number four you gotta have. Number four is when God closes the door. It was number four that made Miriam grab her tambourine and start beating it to the glory of God. It was number four that made God tell Moses, the enemies that you see today, you shall see no more forever. God said, when I shut the door,
3: I shut it so tight that none of your past will make it into your future, because I'm getting ready to shut the door, and doors God shuts, no man, somebody how to shut the door.
2: See, when god makes a way it's for you and when your past gets too close god has shut the door 600 chosen
3: chariots drowned in the red sea that moses had just gotten through walking through because the same god that opened the door for moses shut the door on moses past forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching to those things which are before me. I press, I stretch, I march, I move.
2: And so the Bible says that when Miriam came through it, and looked back and saw Pharaoh and all of his henchmen drowning in the Red Sea. She got out of her tambourine, she called up her girlfriend prayer partners and said, Sister, meet me down by the riverbank. This calls for a
3: praise up in here. You gotta have somebody that's glad for you. When you get your breakthrough, find somebody who's ready to rejoice with them that do rejoice. Touch your neighbor say, help me praise them for a minute. God's getting ready to close some doors. I want to praise them for closing some doors. Closing the door. Close it, close, 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 close. Before I get happy. But touch somebody and say, What you're going through right now? These enemies, you shall see no more. You ought to pray them for that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: brothers and sisters, the best part about God closing the door wasn't just that they could go into the Promised Land without the fear of Pharaoh, but it was also that he closed the door so that the option to go back would cease to be possible. Sometimes God shuts the door so you don't have any other choice but to go forward you can't go back to being who you were before
3: god has closed the door you've got to go forward whatever it takes
2: you gotta move forward because god has closed good god I wish you could hear what I hear in my head. I hear doors slamming in my head. I hear doors slamming in my head.
3: In my head, I can hear doors slamming. Like somebody walking through a house just slamming doors. Slamming doors. Just slamming and Slamming and slamming and slamming and slamming. slamming slamming. God is going through your life. Slamming doors. Sam is over. He just slammed the door!
0: In the sanctuary. Yeah! We want you to be part of our Joe radio family. So we are inviting you to send us your voice notes in MP3 format. I repeat in MP3 format. If you don't have an MP3 recorder, you can download one to your phone. You can send us your prayer requests, you can also say your highs and your hellos. Remember, state your first name, right? We don't need your full name. Just state your first name, the state that you are from, as well as the country you are from, in that order. Your first name, the the state that you are from, as well as the country that you are from, right? You go to our podcast website, at the bottom of our podcast website, you will see our contact information. You can send us your voice notes via email or WhatsApp. Send it to us today. Just to make sure that you understand, When we say state your name, your state, and your country, just to give you an example, um, for example, Michelle from New York, USA. You can do, right, this is what we're talking about. Your name, the state that you're from, and your country. Another example, Raj from Mumbai, India. Right, so if you're sending your audios, um, whatever it may be, you know, your prayer requests, um, your highs and your hellos, um, that is what you're basically doing, right? Your name, the state that you're from, your country, Raj from Mumbai, India, just one example. Second example, Michelle from um, you know, New York, USA.